praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we want to appreciate the the flow of the spirit that is even flowing within our lives as believers to see that we are able to display a Christ that is in us once again this is Pastor Dennis Matovu Freedom Experience Ministry that is in Uganda and I'm here and I'm so glad I'm so happy to bring you Freedom Streams program it is always airing on our radios daily and uh, even we have a podcast and you can even find all our messages on our application called the Freedom Experience app. If you want to download Freedom Experience app, then you should get it from Google Play Store. You can also visit our website at freedomexperienceministry.org Allow me to right away dive into our message uh, from where we stopped the other person. Remember we are talking about Christ's New Testament plan. Christ has got a plan and a desire in the New Testament that we need to know about. We saw about God's new plan, New Testament plan, and we saw in detail up to 70, 70 episodes. And we are, now we are we are on Christ. We are seeing his person. And Christ and his person, we have seen that is the word, the expression of the Father, one with the Father, or inherent with the Father, to whom all as delivered by the Father and uh, we are going to see even others. Now allow me to continue. We saw even other aspects even in the previous episode. This is episode 4. And this is our season 2, episode 4. Uh, we are talking about Christ. We have seen recently that uh, last, we last spoke when uh, we are saying and defining him as the fourth expression, which is the expression of the Father. We said that Christ is the very expression of the Father as defined him by the word in four up to five things that are able to explain God unto us. Went on to see uh, in detail to see that this one comes from the bosom of the Father. And the same one is the accomplisher of everything. We have seen that is one with the Father, inseparable. And uh, we can even now continue to talk about him. See that although the Son and the Father are one, we should not say that there is no distinction between Father and the Son. There is a distinction between the Father and the Son, and uh, but there is no separation. I, I hope you understand. Although there is a distinct a distinction between them, there should not be separation. So when the Father is present, the Son is present also. Likewise, when the Son is, is present, there the Father is also. So the Father and the Son, they cannot be separated. Our reasoning wants always to separate them. For this reason, we see that First John chapter 2, verses 23 says that everyone who denies the Son does not have the Father. Either he who confesses the Son as Father also. Since the Son and the Father are one, to deny Jesus Christ the Son is to be without the Father. And to confess that Jesus, Jesus Christ is the Son of God is to have Father. Whoever denies the Son 
as neither the son nor the father so we see that whoever confesses the son has both the son and the father so both the negative the negative side and the positive side of this verse first uh, john chapter 2 verse 23 indicate that the father and the son are inseparable they are distinct but not separate when we come to the new testament it does not separate the father and the son especially when you come to the gospel of john you see that the son is always one with the father the son came in the name of the father bible says in the book of uh, john chapter 5 verse 43 that he came in the name of the father he always did the father's work he always did the father's will he spoke the father's word he sought the father's glory and even he expressed the father so the son jesus christ was one with the father and could not be separated from the father neither could father be separated from the son hallelujah so let us continue with part b which is or inherent with the father that was our part a our part a was what is one with the father now part b is or inherent with the father now when you study the deep truths concerning the trinity you may use three particular words we have this uh, the verb called or inhere and we have the noun that it's called or inheres called inheres and we have the adjective called or inherent co-inherent now the son not only coexists with the father but he also co-inheres with the father now we will up, we are, I'm going to explain what co-inhering means there is a difference between coexisting and co-inhering the difference is to coexist is to exist together at the same time that is coexisting to exist together at the same time but to co-inhere is to exist in one another you see to dwell in one another even as the believers we also co-inhere because we dwell in Christ and Christ dwells us so even christ dwells in god and god dwells in christ that is what it means to co-inherit that is what co-inheritance is all about now to say that the father and the son coexist means that they existed together it's not we are not saying that the father lived up to this time and the son began to live no they coexisted together but when you say that the father and the son go in here it means that they dwell in one another that is why they are distinct but not separate praise the name of Jesus so we have a word here concerning this co-inheritance this is found in John chapter 14 verses 10 it says that do you not believe that i am in the father the father is in me this is what we call co-inheritance 
So here we have the mutual indwelling of the Father and the Son. And when you come to John chapter 14 verse 11, the Lord goes on to say, Believe me not, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So the Lord says that the Son is in the Father and the Father is in the Son. And this is a mystery. Because the Father is in the Son, when the Son speaks, the Father speaks. See? He abides in the Son. And when he begins when the Son begins to do work, the Father is doing his work. So the Father does his work in the Son is speaking because they are in one another. This is a wonderful mystery in the New Testament. So the New Testament says not only that the Son and the Father they are with each other, but also it reveals to us that the Son and the Father co-inherit. And for the Son to be co-inherent with the Father, it means that the Son is in the Father and the Father is in this, the Son. When we come to John chapter 17 verse 21, we see another verse that reveals the co-inheritance. So, the Bible says that in John 17, 21, that they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us. You see, we are also brought in the same co-inheritance. The Son and the Father coexist in the way of co-inheritance. So this means that while they coexist, the Father exists in the Son, and the Son exists in the Father. Meaning that the, their coexistence is in their co-inheritance. Is the name of Jesus. So it is easy to see the matter of coexistence because most of us we have been knowing that okay, uh, maybe they live together, but it is much difficult to realize that. Is the, the same that live together exist together, they live in one another. That's why when you go in the book of Revelation, Bible says the throne is one. It is the throne, the throne of the Lamb and of God. Are they sitting there, one sitting on each other? No. Is one sitting, and which uh, is Christ, who has got the body, and it pleased the Father to dwell in Him. Glory to God. So. A coexistence of the Son and the Father means that they exist together. Well, as the co-inheritance of the Son and the Father means that the Son is in the Father and that the Father is in the Son. Glory to God. Now, because of this co-inheritance of the Father and the Son, we may say that Father and the Son are two one. Do not say two in one. We say they are two one. They are two yet they are one. Is the name of Jesus. So, when you come to some teachers of the Bible, they say that when the Son came to the earth, the Father was in the heavens. And most of us religiously, we have been thinking that and now the Spirit is on earth, God and God the Father and Jesus, they are in heaven. Now, this is not the proper scriptural ground of the truth. This is not true when we go into the scriptures. 
Such people who, that teach that way, they refer to the fathers speaking from the heaven at the time of Christ's baptism. Remember in Matthew chapter 3 verse 16 to 17, they say, ah, ah, the father spoke from heaven and Jesus was on earth. Now, this incident portrays the economical aspect of that trinity. I've been talking about the two aspects of the spirit or of the trinity. And when we come to the economical aspect, economically speaking, the son was on earth, the father was in heaven because it was the son's turn to lead and to do the work, the ministry, the work of saving. So uh, according to uh, work, according to ministry, according to service, the son was on earth and the father was in heaven. But when we come to John 14, we have seen we have the essential aspect of the relationship between the father and the son. So we have the economical aspect and the essential aspect. So essentially speaking, when the son was on earth, the father was with him and he was in the father. Here we use the word essential. Essential refers to Christ's existence in his substance. And the word economical refers to Christ's work in God's economy, in God's land. So with respect to Christ's work, the Father was in the heavens, the Son was on earth. But essentially, when I talk about essentially, I mean that according to Christ's existence, in his substance, the Son was always in the Father, and the Father in the Son. This is a matter of uh, co-inheritance. The Son was not only one with the Father, but was co-inherent with the Father. So this is why the Gospel of John reveals that Christ the Son both coexists and co-inheres with the Father. And John 1.1 says that in eternity past, the Son and the Father coexisted because the Word was with God that is coexisting. Yet in John 1, 1 and verse 2, we will see that when the son came, he said that he was not alone. He came, he came as a word. When you come, he says that because the father was with him. Remember the book of John chapter 8, verse, uh, you read John 8, verses 16 to 29. Now because I have less minutes, I will not read most of the verses, but I if you are opening your Bibles. John chapter 8 from verse 16 throughout 29 and John chapter 16 verses 32. It shows that Jesus Christ was not alone because the Father was always with him. So therefore we see that while he was on earth, he and the Father were existing together. And furthermore, we have seen already that the Son and the Father were co-inhering or the Son was in the Father. And the Father was in the Son. Glory to God. So, some people have mistaken the thought that the Son and the Father are separate. 
that the son represents the father. The Lord Jesus said in the book of John 14 verse 9 it says that he who has seen me has seen the father. This is not a matter of representation. It is a matter of embodiment. The father is embodied in the son. This is why we have Colossians 2 9. It pleased the Godhead, the father who have all the fullness of the Godhead dwell in Christ's bodily. So when we see the Son, we see the Father. Because the Son is the embodiment of the Father. The Son is the embodiment of the Father and He cannot be separated from the Father. He and the Father are one in the way of or inheritance. I believe I have taken enough time to explain the matter of co-inheritance. The son is co-inheriting with the father is not for doctrine. Rather, it is this co-inheritance is for our experience. The experience God is dispensing. Because Christ the Son coexists and co-inheres with the Father, so that He with the Father may be dispensed into our being. Then we believe that there is a co-inheritance between us and the triune God. He lives in us, yet we live in him. The Bible says that for in him we live, we, we move, and have our being. So, I believe that with that matter, you have learned something. So, we see, we come to part C which says, to whom all was delivered by the Father, and who was, who has all that the Father has. Jesus Christ is the one to whom all is delivered by the Father, and He is the one who has all that the Father has. Now, to the Son is the expression of the Father. You have seen that the Son is the expression of the Father. And he has been delivered all the Father has. Therefore, the Son has all that the Father has. In the book of Matthew chapter 11 verse 27, Lord Jesus says that all was delivered to me by my Father. So here the word all refers to uh, the remnant whom the Father has given to the Son. Read John chapter 3. Verse 27, Bible says that John answered and said, A man and receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. And you come to chapter 6 of John, verses 37. Still, Jesus says, All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me. I will in no wise cast out. Glory to God. When you come to verses 44, it says in John 6, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Even John chapter 6 verses 65 says, 
And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me, except it were given unto him of my father. In other words, it is the father that gives you that grace to come to Christ. You cannot come by yourself. In John chapter 18, verses 9, Bible says that they that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake of them which thou givest me have I lost none. Here we are seeing that all that the father has first is that he has remnants and he has handed them over to Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. So and we have seen some verses to emphasize that the remnant whom the Father has given to Christ and now belonging to Christ. In John chapter 16 verses 15 the Lord says that all that the Father has is mine. Now this indicates that the Father has given all that he has to the Son. Therefore the Father is embodied in the Son because he has given everything to the Son and all that he has. This is why you have Colossians 2.9. It pleased the Father to dwell in Christ. Praise the name of Jesus. So, a Father has given all that he has and is, it belongs to the Son. The, the Father's being, the Father's doing are all together in the Son. Therefore, the Son becomes the Father's embodiment because has given all things to the Son. If it is speaking, he has given to the Son. If it is doing, he has given to the Son. If it is what, what, whatever you can mention, he has given the, to the Son. So, the Son becomes the Father's embodiment. We need to be impressed with the fact that according to John chapter 16 verse 15, the Bible says that whatever the Father has, is the son is so that means that the son did not come in his own name he came in the father's name as we have seen John chapter 5 as says chapter 3 Bible says that and it tells them hey, I, I am come in my father's name and you receive me not if another shall come in his own name you receive. So we see that Jesus came in the Father's name. For the Son did not seek his own will, but also he came to seek the will of the Father. That is still in John chapter 5 verses 30. Whereby he says that I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So, he was seeking the Father's will. The Son did not speak even on his own, and all his own word. He spoke the Father's word. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verses, uh, verses 10, it says, rather verses 24, it says that he that loves me uh, he that loves me not keeps not my sayings and says that he 
that loves me not keeps not my sayings and the word which you hear is not mine but the father's which has which sent me in other words the word you are hearing is not mine it is the father's word one that sent me it continues to say that the son Jesus Christ we see that he did not do his own work but the father's work remember in John chapter 4 verses 34 when the disciples come they find him ready satisfied and they asked him because he refused to eat and it tells them Jesus says unto them my meat is to do the will of him that has sent me to finish his work so the question is who then is this one is the son with the father you cannot say that is the son only is the son with father the father was with the son and gave everything to him and therefore the son Jesus Christ is the expression of the father glory god now in my remaining minutes i want to take you through the 51 which is one whom no one knows except the father now we see that in the godhead christ is the one whom no one knows except the father now in some some aspects or in certain a certain sense we may know him but in other aspects and in, in sense we are not able to know him he is known only by the father remember matthew chapter 11:27 lord says that no one knows the son except the father now here the greek translation knows the word knows means full knowledge knowledge not mere merely objective acquaintance concerning the son only the father has such knowledge he knows fully the son whereas the the, the son knows fully the father so therefore to know the son requires the father's the father's revelation that's why when you come to matthew chapter 16 verse 17 jesus asks who i am and they they didn't know and required the father's revelation for peter to know who the son is that is the christ is the name of jesus but we shall continue to the sixth uh aspect which is jesus christ being the word of life and here we have first john chapter 1 verse 1 says that that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we beheld and our hands handled concerning the word of life now we see that in the godhead christ is the word of life this is the word mentioned in the book of john chapter 1 verse 1 to 4 and even chapter in verses 14 word became flesh it says in him was life so this word was with god and was god in eternity before creation and he became flesh in time and in whom is life now this word conveys all it transports the eternal life and is the divine person of Christ as an account you have seen is a definition is an expression of all that god is and in this one is life he is life john 1:4 he says and the word was life 
when you come to John 11:25 it tells Martha I am the resurrection and the life when you come to John 14 verse 6 it says I am the way the truth and the life so the phrase the word of life and we go to trace it in greek it indicates that the word is life the word of life is means the word is life we now understand that in his person christ is the divine life you talk about the divine life it is christ christ is the eternal life you talk about eternal life talk about christ so this is the eternal life which we can touch which we can experience glory to god so if you ask john the apostle about the word in first john 11 it's going to refer to you to the gospel of john if you want to understand first john 11 please go and read my book of john in chapter 1 verse 1 and 4 that says that in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god and in this word was life and the life was the light of men furthermore when you come to john 114 it says that the word became flesh and tabernacled among us full of grace and truth and it says and having the glory as of unholy begotten only begotten from the father so we see that all these verses they have a definition of a word a word is the very god now in this word is life and the life is the light we need every day now this is so wonderful god the word became flesh this means that he became a man and as a man he dwelt among us and we see that he, he became our tabernacle It was the tabernacle and this tabernacle becomes a mutual abode in which both god and we may abide that means that god the father and we the believer we abide in christ the tabernacle and here the tabernacle when we are inside him we enjoy grace we receive the reality we see the glory this is what the word of life is and this is what the word of life is spoken uh, that John is talking about in 1 John 1:1 glory to god so my time is fast spent but i want to conclude by saying that we have pointed out that the expression the word of life actually indicates the word is life this word who is eternal life became a man as a mutual dwelling place of god and us and in his dwelling you see uh in the dwelling place of of Christ we enjoy him as grace we see him as our reality and we behold his glory this glory which is the glory of god has become the glory of god's only begotten son again i conclude by saying the word is life and this life is the expression of god this means the word of life is god's expression May the rich God bless you. This is Pastor Dennis. Until next time.